0: Welcome to another episode of Renegade Detroit Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture and urban farmer, curmudgeon, skeptic, and now Keller Williams' agent. What is Renegade Detroit Investors? RDI is a local real estate investment and business group that meets monthly at various locations throughout Metro Detroit. This group's about networking and doing deals. This ain't your grandma's Ria, folks, Okay. No sales from the front ever, and no smell of stale coffee, bin gay, and or disappointment. You know what I'm talking about. RDI is this, also this podcast where once a week I sit down with interesting and successful business people, or like what I'm doing right now, our sub-wholesaling meeting, and I pick their brain or maybe try and teach you or hopefully entertain you at least. If you enjoy this podcast, give it a like, share it. If you haven't already, um, if you can rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever app. I would really appreciate it. Um, that rating thing really does help get the word out. And uh, I'm doing this free for the first year, and hopefully afterwards. Uh, it depends on how many people support it. So anything you can do, I appreciate it. If you're interested in attending the local meetings, go to renegadedetroit.com, meetup.com forward slash investors, or facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. You can hit me up on Twitter at... Jeremy Burgess, or go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit Wholesalers. All right, legal disclaimer before I get going. In no way, shape, or form should anything that I say or anybody else gets on this mic say should be taken as legal and or investment advice. We highly recommend that before you make any investment and or investment decisions, you contact a lawyer, an attorney, or other licensed professionals. Be an adult. Don't fucking sue me, okay? All right, here we go. I want to take a moment, if possible, to plug this location. I know you're maybe listening to this at home. We are at Always Brewing Detroit. If you go to alwaysbrewingdetroit.com, it is a local coffee shop right in Rosedale Park in northwest Detroit. We really like this coffee shop. They let us have these meetings here for free so long as we spend some money. And if you're in and around Detroit, you should definitely come and check it out. It is owned by Amanda. It's awesome, and we love it here, and I'd appreciate it if you could support the shop. All right. Let's get down to business. All right. Last time, we were talking about direct mail and lists. This time, we're talking about finding the buyer and the closing, okay? We're starting with a signed and assignable purchase and sale agreement in our hand. If you're confused about what I'm talking about, this is part five in a six-part series. Go back and listen to the other part. It is all free. So we're starting with a signed purchase and sale agreement from the seller that is assignable. And what we're trying to do is turn that contract into cash money, okay? That's what we're trying to do, all right? So that's the whole purpose of this. We're going to try and take you from that to a paycheck at the end, and 45 minutes or less plus 15 minutes for questions. So I'm going to go fast, okay? Our goals, find and qualify a title company that understands assignments, We wanna find buyers and qualify them and get them to sign on the line that is dotted. We wanna present the deal like a professional so we stand above all the rest and we don't look like ass clowns, okay? We wanna know how to deal with bad sellers and bad buyers because they exist, you're gonna run into them. I'm gonna tell you some of the things to look out for. And also we're gonna talk about transparency in what we're doing, okay? A lot of people try and hide what we're doing, and I don't recommend that, okay? So we're gonna start with finding a title company. First off, if you're in here, I really appreciate you coming tonight. You're already doing the right thing. First thing you should do, you should be attending as many real estate meetings a month as you can. If that's only one, that's fine. If that's four, that's great. As many as you can, ask. This is how I found out when I started this, how most people find out. And ideally, you would know before you needed them, right? So now's the time. If you're wondering, what should I do tonight? Now, I'm going to tell you. But what should I do? If you're listening to this, maybe you're in another town or another state, whatever, start attending the meetings. Most of them are cheap, $20, $25. Some are free. Go to meetup.com. You can search. Do all that. Ideally, you know beforehand. My personal recommendations, I'm not vouching for them, but I have used them, and I like them. If you're in southeast Michigan, metro Detroit, I can recommend Embassy Title in Livonia, and that's Scott. You can go to embassytitle.com. You can use Legacy Title Service. That's Wendy Patton. I'm sure you all know Wendy Patton, right? Big uh, lease option guru, works at Keller Williams, sells a ton of property. She has her own title company. She is an investor. She knows what a assignment is. Um, also, she has transactional funding if you use her title company, all right? And that's legacytitleservice.com. And I don't know if she extends that to everybody. I know she does to people who are serious, and she's going to want you to have a buyer and prove it, too. She's probably going to hold an earnest money deposit, but it is an option. Or Michigan Investment Title. That's Erica Weichel. And you can go to michiganinvestmenttitle.com. All right? Now, let's say you can't do any of that. And you need to find and qualify your own title company. Obviously, start at Google. Start closest to you, right? Makes sense. You don't have to drive as far. And what you want to do is you want to call and ask to speak with someone and ask them if they know what an assignable contract is. Now, before we all get weirded out about it, if you've ever taken the real estate exam, in Michigan at least, and I'm sure in most states it's the same, there's actually a very short section in the book that talks about assignable contracts. Lead with knowledge, right? They're going to say it's illegal. They're going to say, I don't know what it is. Humans, when they don't know what something is, they freak out, right? You do it. I do it. I try not to do it, but we still do it, right? We're space apes. So be understandable, right? Email them a copy of your purchase and sale agreement and your assignment and let them review it. Again, ideally before you need them, right? This is a hell of a thing they have to do when you already have a signed purchase and sale agreement, right? If you do, do it. But better to do it now while you're looking, right? Um, Ask them if they've done a closing like this before. Some of the good questions I like to ask is, do you know which side of the settlement statement the assignment fee goes on? That's a great question. It seems like a silly question, but um, if they don't know what they're doing, they might say the wrong thing, and now you know you have a problem, and you have an opportunity to educate them. Walk them through it, right? Obviously, the assignment goes on the buyer's side, not the seller's side. Walk them through the buyer and se- buyer's and seller's settlement statement, right? Say, hey, I have a... Purchase and sale agreement, and I have an assignment clause, and I'm selling this contract that's being noted on the buyer's side. It doesn't that that extra fee does not, it's not title insurance. The title insurance covers the actual purchase and sale agreement, not the assignment. And I want the buyer to get one, and I want the seller to get one. And I don't want them to see it. I want to keep it separated. And I'll get to that why. Walk them through it. All right. Explain the difference. Between an assignment and a commission. You'll get this one a lot. Well, why don't we just run it as a commission? Well, it's not a commission, Mr. and Mrs. Title Agent. It's an assignment. I don't have a listing agreement with the seller, I have a purchase and sale agreement with the seller. And then you can bust out your little book, your Michigan real estate book, and say, look at such and such, blah, blah, blah. I should have looked it up. And if I was, you know, I'm not doing it this last second, like always, I'd actually have that section for you. But assure, I assure you it is in there and point out the difference between them. And I have an interest in the property with a purchase and sale agreement. And I don't have an interest in the property with a listing agreement. That is the difference. Also, the difference is in a purchase, with an assignment, the buyer's paying me. With a listing agreement, the seller's paying me. So just some education for them, right? They get weirded out about, they don't know what, they're, what you're talking about do that. Also be professional, patient, friendly, and above all, persistent. What do you do when you don't know? No, no. What do you do when you don't know and you're busy? No, 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 no. So you may have to ask multiple times. You may have to reach out multiple times. You may have to come to the office with donuts. You may have to do a lot of things, set a meeting, bring in a Starbucks card, whatever. Be patient, be persistent. Let me tell you what won't work. Getting mad at them, yelling on the phone, telling them how stupid they are, even if it's true, none of that will help or work, okay? And sometimes doing things differently requires persistence and motivation, and quite frankly, if you can't figure that out, I think you need to reassess your occupation in real estate because it's mostly a no. In fact, if you're really good, you only get told no 96% of the time. And if you're really bad, it's 100% of the time. So that, that's the difference. So get used to persistence, okay? Um, email my. Of course, I wrote this twice. Sorry. Uh, oh, in case they try and tell you it's illegal to do two, just so you know, you don't need to be an agent to do this, so long as it's five times or less in a year, okay? Five times or less. Now, it's gray afterwards. Some people, depending on who you talk to, Alan Daniels will say, no, you need to be a licensed agent. Some won't. I submit that to you. You're all adults. Go check it out. For sure, though, if it's five or less a year, you do not need to be a real estate agent. And this is for only for the state of Michigan. If you're listening to this in another state, I highly recommend, remember that legal advice part. Yeah, go figure it out. All right? I'm not doing it for every state, but you got the idea. Assignments are are legal in every state, though, by the way. all right. Um, some title companies can take up to a week to pull title. Seven to 10 days, especially if it's corporate. The second you have a signed purchase and sale agreement, get it to the title company. Email it to them. Sometimes they'll have you go to their website and submit it through the website that'll say, order title. You want to do it right away. And The reason why you want to do it right away is most of the time it's not a problem, but sometimes there are issues, tax liens, creditor liens. Uh, maybe there's a second the seller didn't tell you about, a second mortgage. So There could be something. Maybe there's an ex-wife, a divorce decree, a probate. Probate happens a lot. Um, maybe it's missing a quick claim deed, something. The sooner you find out what the issue is, I like to be very proactive and get out there and get after it. Do it as soon as you can. Some people will say, well, I don't want to order it until I have a buyer because the title company might make you pay for that. That's true. Why would you put it under contract if you don't think you can sell it? That's what I have to say to that. Don't put it under contract if you don't think you can sell it. There you go. Problem solved, right? Aren't you glad you came tonight? Um, Also, you want to help set expectations for the seller and the buyer. People just really don't know much about real estate. A title issue could sound really scary to the seller or the buyer. Yes, a lot of your real estate investors don't know much about real estate. First several years I was investing, and I thought I knew a lot about real estate. Turns out I don't. In fact, 10 years from now, I'll probably raise my head and say, you know, I thought I knew a lot about real estate 10 years ago, but I still don't. That's just going to keep on happening, right? So I like to know and set expectations with plenty of time before closing and not have some knee-jerk emotional reaction 24 hours or 48 hours before the closing, and then I got to try and do it all at once, right? I don't want to do that. I want to do it slowly over time. Hey, it's not a problem. We got to take care of this. We got to take care of that. And then if it's not, then I don't have to go chase them down to get an extension of contract, too, okay? All right. That is the title company stuff. We're moving along, we're moving fast, okay? Finding the buyer. Let's start with presenting the deal. This is a pet peeve of mine. If you want to be taken seriously, act like a professional. That's one of the greatest advantages real estate agents have over investors. They have access to the MLS, and it's, the presentation is fixed, it's set, all the pertinent or most of the pertinent information is there, at least if the real estate agent is halfway decent and took pictures, um, it's all there. It's a professional presentation. When you see it, you don't immediately feel like I'm being scammed, right? Or I don't know what I'm doing, or I'm not putting all the information out. So what does that entail, right? First, the full and complete address. If you don't send me the full and complete address, I hit delete and I'm probably just done with you because you're telling me one of two things. I don't have it under contract or I don't know what I'm doing. Okay? That's what you're telling me. How am I supposed to do my due diligence if I don't have the address? Why would you increase the resistance to a sale by not including the address? To me, that's the same thing as, by the way, there's a box of cereal here. I know it's just a brown box and I'm not going to tell you what's What kind of cereal it is, but trust me, it's cereal. Are you interested in this cereal, sir or ma'am? What a waste of time. It's silly. Put the address down, right? kind of funny I have to say this. Other important info. Is it brick? Is it frame? What kind of style of home? Is it colonial? Is it ranch? Is it split level? Does it have a basement? How many beds? How many baths? Layout? Yard size? Is it fenced? Et cetera, et cetera. If it's a condo, are there association fees? All right? Basically, everything you can possibly think of that you would want to know, include that if you can, if you can get access to it, all right? Here's another one for all you geniuses, too, trying to sell without a price. Put the price on. Put the price on. Would you go to a grocery store and go, you know, I like these cornflakes. How much? I don't know. Make me an offer. (laughs) Yep, I'm done with you. How many people are busy? Raise their hand. Everybody's freaking busy, right? Everybody wants to know the price. Everybody wants to know the price. Why would you not say the price? Amazon puts the price everywhere. Think you're smarter than Amazon? No. All right? Uh, That make me offer stuff. I don't like that. Um, Also include a link to pictures, at least 100. Um, And if you haven't already and you want to know how to take the pictures or how I recommend to take the pictures, Go back, listen to I think it's part four, whatever it is. Listen to it. I rant and rave, but I take pretty good pictures. And the idea behind that is sev- several fold. I want them to have as accurate an information as possible. I take 100 to 150 pictures, sometimes 200 plus pictures. And if it's wrong, I take a picture of it. If it's pretty, I take a picture of it. If I don't know what to do, I take a picture of it. You get the idea, right? Um, I want full disclosure with my... Uh, buyers so they know. And also I don't want them coming back and saying, Oh, I didn't know about the crack in the wall. So I'm gonna have to pull out of this uh this deal. And I go, actually if you look at pictures 87 through 91, which you said you looked at, by the way, in this email, you can see that I took six pictures of that crack in the wall. I can't help if you didn't look at the pictures. You tied up a property, you know, maybe we need to negotiate or something like that, but I'm gonna keep your EMD, right? I don't want that. I want serious people. I want full disclosure. I don't want them to feel like I'm taking advantage of them. But I talk about this ad nauseum for 45 minutes, and the other one, you can go listen to that, right, including how to take the pictures. Video, perhaps. I think this is a great idea if you can get it. I realize most of the time it's not practical. If the house is vacant and it's on a lockbox or the seller's not in a rush, you have decent lighting and you have time to walk through, and take a video of the house, I think you should. If not, I think 100 to 200 pictures will suffice, but it doesn't hurt, a little extra credit, right? An estimate of the work required, and I, if you remember, if you go listen back to the part I was talking about, I don't necessarily recommend including a number, because this can be used against you in negotiation. I can't tell you how many times, well, my guy can't do it for 20, he could do it for 25, so I'm not for five grand less. I don't care what you guy could do it for. It's your guy. I'm not going to tell you how much I think. I'm going to say needs a kitchen, needs paint, needs carpet, needs a furnace, needs plumbing, needs a roof. You tell me what you can do it for. And then make an offer. Here's what I'm asking. Make an offer, okay? Plus, everybody does it differently. I mean, we've got a guy in here from Texas who's getting stuff dirt cheap. I mean, his numbers are going to be way different than my numbers. I haven't done a rehab in five, six, six, six years. My number is going to be way higher. I know Robert can do better, better rehabs than I can. Everybody's numbers are different. I don't want to get in a number argument. So just talk about what you think the house needs, right? Walk your sellers and your buyers through the process. Tell them what you're going to do. Do it. Tell them what you did. All right. Here's what's going to happen. This starts, I do it right from the get-go, and I take it all the way through. Like, hey, I'm going to come out take a look at the property. Tomorrow, I'm going to call you an hour before to confirm the appointment. If I don't hear back from you, I'm not going, so please pick up when I call. Is this the best number to reach you at? Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Seller or Mr. Mr. Buyer. If I'm showing the property, I'm calling to confirm our appointment at 1 p.m. Are we still good? Okay, are you going to be there on time? I will be. Okay, right? It's going to take me 20, 25 minutes to go through the house. Um start to finish. Do you have time for that? Okay. Here's how the process works. I'm gonna come out, I'm gonna take a look at it, I'm gonna take lots of pictures, I'm gonna do a rehab estimate, I'm gonna make you a fair all cash offer that night or the next day. If you agree and sign, I'll then send that purchase and sale agreement to the title company. That title company will pull title, take anywhere from three to ten days. After we have title, we'll know whether there are any issues or not. There's usually not. It's not a problem. If there are, we can almost always get them fixed. If you cooperate with us, I may have to walk my investors, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, through this house several times, at least twice, probably a property manager and a general contractor, but my private lenders might want to walk through and take a look at it as well. I may have to walk four or five people through, okay? So that's not a strange thing. That's not weird. That's just part of how I do business. Banks don't give me money. So I have to use private money. That's just how I get deals done. I'm setting the expectations. So I'm doing these things. They're not thinking it's weird, right? And the buyer too. I'm setting expectations for the buyer. Tell them how to make an offer. Like, hey, email's fine. You can just email me or text me. Verbal's fine too, provided you follow it up with something written. Once we agree though, I need it written. It's going to be on my PA unless I, I can read everybody's PAs. I know if it's good or not. If you don't know what you're doing in the beginning, insist upon using your own PA. This may come as a shock to everybody. They're unscrupulous investors. Yeah, no shock, right? Let them know the timeline. Hey, I need to close this in 30 days or less. Is that something you can do? No, I need 60 days. I want to find out now, and I want to be honest with them. Sometimes I get 60 days. Sometimes I get 30 days. Sometimes I get 45 days. I get as much as I can, but I want to let them know up front. Also, I walk them through the title company thing. Hey, we're using my title company. Same thing I just said to the seller. I walk them through that. If I allow an inspection, I explain that, and I always keep it short. And if I don't know the buyer, in the beginning, I'm going to want some sort of proof of funds, right? I want to know they're serious. I don't care so much if it's vacant and it's in a good area where I don't have to worry about theft so much. But if it's owner-occupied or tenant-occupied, I'm not walking 12 people through. I don't want to see a proof of funds. I want to know you're serious before I, I waste my seller's time, my seller's tenant's time, and of course our time, right? Because we want to get a return on our time as well. We want to deal with serious people. This is how we deal with serious people. All right. Networking. We're still under finding a buyer. Networking. That's where the metal meets the meat. If you're not already set a goal to network. I have networking goals. My networking goal is to attend two networking events a month. Two. I have goals when I go to the networking event. I want to meet at least three people and only talk to them about what they're doing. I want to make a real connection with someone. Now, this is pretty easy if you like and care for people, which for the most part I do. If not, you're going to have to practice. Practice. Now, More than three is fine. Trust me, if you talk to them about what they're doing, they will immediately ask you about what you're doing. You know why? Because as humans, we're just deeply fascinated with other humans. We really care about humans' lives and other humans that show us interest. And our lives, it's often reciprocated, right? Plus, so few people actually do it. Sorry, my Evernote went away here for a second, so I don't have any notes. There we go. Thank you, iPad. Hope Steve Jobs rolling over in his grave. You interrupted me for two minutes. This is how angry we get, right? All right. Get some cards. Take some cards. Go back and listen to part one if you don't have cards when you're going to these networking events. Three is your goal. Where you buy, Mr. Or Mrs. Investor? Oh, what are you looking for? How much money? How soon are you looking to buy? How fast can you close? How do you decide to make an investment purchase? You want to know this. and So when you get the deal, you know what their process is. Right on the back of the card, if you're super advanced, you can use CRMs or maybe you can use uh, a spreadsheet. Um, You can use CRMs like Podio or Soho or if you're part of the uh, real estate world, they got top producer, team leads, all sorts of stuff. A lot of them are free, some paid. But you want to start keeping some sort of a database on what they're looking for how they make those decisions. You can even put it into your Google contacts if you had to, right? Put it in a description. You want to keep notes on this stuff. It's going to seem easy to remember at first, but hopefully if you're doing this consistently over a year, it's going to become very difficult to remember. It's best just to get in the habit of taking notes. I really push this to the extreme because I have an excellent memory. It gave out on me in two years. I mean, it just happens. If you do this long enough and you're successful enough, you will run out of brain space to remember stuff. So, take notes, okay? Um, also helps to network before you have a deal. It just does. Now, if you have a deal, that's fine. Start networking now, better late than never. But if you haven't, start. Where do you start? Go to meetup.com. A lot of people have found, how many people in this room found Renegade Detroit Investors from meetup.com? So for those at home, that's, that's like half the people here, right? So that's a good place to go. You can also go to places like CREonline.com. You go to RIA or just go to Google and type in, like for instance, you type in um, Real Estate Investment Association Southeast Michigan. If you're in Ohio, do the same thing. Wherever you're at, you can do that. Start looking. Make a list. Set some goals. Go with a plan. I say go with a plan because it's easy, especially when you're new. It's intimidating. You're talking to lots of people. It helps if you have a plan. You're a seasoned vet, you're probably not listening to this or you don't have a problem with that. All right. Social networking. I love this. Online social networking. I love it. First of all, be yourself. Second of all, every deal, post, post, post. Do you know how many people watch what you're doing and don't like and don't say anything? Tons of people. Tons of people advertise to the world what you're doing. If you have a deal, post it. I have sold tons of deals off Facebook. I know it seems ridiculous, but it absolutely works. There are groups on Facebook too. Make sure you check the rules before you start posting deals because not every group is the same. But a lot of groups are just for posting deals. That's what they want you to do is post deals. And especially if you take that professional approach to posting a deal, you're far more likely to be looked at, right? So I highly recommend for all those shy people, you're kind of in an odd business to be shy. Get out there, post. And guess what? If you're introverted, you're going to love social media, right? You don't actually have to really talk to anybody. I've sold houses via text and Facebook Messenger. You eventually have to talk to them, but after you're getting paid, it's a lot easier to, get to talk to them, right? So I, whatever your resistance is, try and remove that resistance. Twitter, Google+. Plus. I'm having some success with Instagram, right? Uh, I just started messing around with Snapchat. Are all the children gone? Let me know so I can start swearing again. All right. I started messing around with Snapchat. I'm not entirely sure what I'm doing. Um, hit me up. I'm Jeremy Burgess on Snapchat. And you can just laugh at some middle-aged balding man trying to figure out how to use social networking. Why do you want to go away after 24 hours? I'll never understand this, but you kids. Stay off my lawn too, all right? Use them all, and whatever new stuff, whatever you're listening to this in the future, whatever the new social networking thing is where people are at, do it. I will say this, though. Don't just use your social media as a spam outlet. Try, and uh, if if you haven't read the book, um, uh, Jab, 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 Right Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk, I highly recommend it. Um, Keller Williams, uh, what do they call it? um, Lead with Value value added stuff share pictures um, this is why if you have a blog send it to me I will share it on the renegade Detroit investors page if you have videos I will share it on the renegade Detroit investors page if you go to facebook.com forward slash Detroit investment club you will see I post quotes every day that help me that I help them I'm trying to add as much value as possible for what I get on there and try and sell shit because nobody wants to be sold shit all the time right but we are here to sell shit. So, but lead with value, just like this free podcast. What do you think I'm doing? I like you guys, but what do you think I'm doing? I'm selling right now. I'm selling right now. Do the same thing on social media, okay? Uh, post online sites, right? You may want to use a Google Voice number for this because be careful, right? Craigslist is a great one that is a pain in the ass, right? Post daily. I'm not even going to get into it, but read the rules and then understand that assholes will flag you for no reason. Post every day. Post every day. Use a professional approach. I said, if you have to, set a calendar reminder to do it. If you think you can just post a Craigslist once and get the job done, that is not going to happen. Also make sure you post only in real estate for sale or you're for sure going to get flagged by people who have nothing better to do go through and flag shit, right? And it's going to happen. Uh, So look at the ads, follow the rules, be persistent, post every single day. Zillow and Trulia, even if you're not an agent, they have a place to post for sale by owners, right? You're not technically a for sale by owner. They don't know, they don't care. I would put in there though, in the description, that you are a wholesaler and you are looking to assign this property. I'm going to go over transparency and full disclosure at the end. If it's going to be a problem, I want to know up front. I don't want to get to third base and go like, oh, don't do that. Then why I just spend all the time running around the other two bases. Just Just get it out of the way, right? You can list the houses there. You may want to use a Google Voice number. You're going to get cold called by assholes like me at Keller Williams and other real estate agencies. So use your Google Voice number unless you like listening to the sounds of my voice calling you seven times a day until you sell your house. All right. Also, this is controversial, but we do it. Contact your attorney. List it with an agent. If your purchase and sale agreement allows for it, there could be a clause in there that says, by the way, I'm going to list this property for your behalf with an agent of my choice. Blah, blah, blah. You're still going to get your your price that I'm giving you. I'm going to go list it on the MLS. Some agents will tell you no. Some agents will tell you yes. For sure, it's gray. It's not black or white. It's gray. Anybody tells you different, they're lying. You feel like it, do it. If not, only thing I would say is uh, make sure you pay a decent commission. Agents don't pick up the phone without commission. Neither do you. So if you want somebody to show their house, a typical buyer agent is probably going to show a house, show five to seven houses before they make an offer. If they see that you're trying to go with 4%, let's be really realistic about this 6%, 4%. I'm showing a house on Sunday night. They might like this house, but they can only look at three and I'm going to ignore yours. So if you're going to list it, be sure to include what basically whatever the prevailing commission is. And you can even pay more if you really want to incentivize it and you have the, the space and the deal, Right. I know I said pay more. I'm just kidding. You won't do it. But you could and could sell it faster, right? That's a possibility. Is it a possibility? Right now, it's a pretty good market. Stuff tends to move, but follow that away for it's a tough market or maybe there's a lot of inventory in the area you're working and you're trying to stand out. Increase the commission. Um, You're you're definitely going to want to work with an agent who works with a lot of investors because your typical listing agent, even someone like me, is only going to want to do exclusives. Why? Because I work all the time. I want to get an exclusive to sell. I'm going to want to invest money. at The Delia Group, we like to invest money in our listings and get shit sold fast. Uh, we're not going to do that without an exclusive listing. We're not just putting it online kind of agents. Some agents are, and they want to have a problem with it. Other agents have a whole thing that they do go through, and they invest money in every one. So they're not going to want to do that without an exclusive. So don't be surprised if they try and get you to sign an exclusive, which obviously would not be in your best interest. Start with an agent that works with investors and knows, hey, you sell it. I'm going to get you taken care of. If I sell it, I'll pay you some sort of fee for posting it online, right? Typically 500 bucks. If you post it and it doesn't sell and I sell it, I'll give you 500 bucks anyway. Otherwise, 6% commission. If you feel very charitable, 7%, whatever you want to do, get it sold. And if it's a low end property, you might want to consider setting a minimum. They do that in Detroit all the time, a 2000 minimum, because 6% Detroit is nothing. So consider that too. Don't just take, well, 6%. I can't tell you how many times I get that. Well, you're asking for 20%. No, I'm asking for three grand. It just seems like a lot, but it's a shit property. It's a lot of work and I still want to make three grand, right? All right. You may already have a database or a list already, right? Aweber. MailChimp, Infusionsoft, whatever email list service is, even if it's not directly real estate related, blast it out, right? You want to hit that list. If you don't have that list, start making one. What do you think all that networking is too, right? All right. Here's my favorite one. Pick up the phone and dial. You have all these cards. You do all this networking. You could even cold call, right? How bad do you want it? Everybody watch the uh, Wolf of Wall Street? There are no kids in here, right? Remember that part when he just got the job and he's like kind of being seduced by the lead broker there? He's talking about selling. And he goes, we start dialing at 830. We're already talking to people. He's kind of like looking, and the other guy just kicks his chair. He's like, pick up the cocksucking phone and dial, right? Now it's kind of intense. Do it. Pick up the phone and dial. If you have a problem, pick up the phone and dial. I will tell you, I make 500 cold calls, Every day, it sucks. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's kind of like, I don't know, peeling, scraping paint, doing hard work. There's just no way around it. Just do it. Just do it. Do it first thing, too. Pick up the phone and start dialing. Hey, I talked to you. I met you at the RIA meeting. I know you're looking to buy some real estate in Macomb County. I have this deal in Macomb County in St. Clair Shores. Are you interested in buying it? No. Okay, do you know anybody who's interested in buying it? If you know anybody's interested in buying it, I would certainly pay you uh, a finder's fee or a commission. Obviously, be careful of law. They have to be a license agent, blah, 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 whatever. Be an adult, right? Pick up the phone and start dialing. Sign in the yard. I do not recommend this in Detroit, but I know most of you don't invest in Detroit. Put it in the purchase and sale agreement or the is going to lose their damn mind. I reserve the right to advertise with the sign in the yard. I know plenty of investors who drive for dollars all the time. If I see a for sale by owner, I call it, put a sign in the yard, maybe a Google Voice, right? Again, but if not, I do want the phone to ring. I tend to use my cell phone for everything because I want my phone to ring. I want voicemails. I want texts. I want to talk to people. I'm in the business of talking to people. But I know a lot of you guys have day jobs and you just can't have your phone blowing up all day, every day. Use a Google Voice, but put a sign in the yard. Also, bandit signs. Be careful. Follow all the laws. You're adults, right? But bandit signs are cheap. You can usually get them for a buck or less a piece, especially if you buy a couple hundred. And then you just go around putting them in places. Make sure you follow all your laws or be willing to pay the consequences. Uh, but that can work. You will get a lot of calls, by the way. So if you're afraid of the phone. This is gonna be a problem for you. Here we are to pick up the phone and dial, right? All right, the property stays on the market until you have a signed assignment and an earnest money deposit. Everything up until then is pretending, right? Oh, he said he's going to take it. Okay. I'm going to give you a million dollars. I'm not. Sign assignment, earnest money deposit, Okay. That's when you stop marketing it, right? Also market properties you sold, right? Every time you sell one, post it online, sell it, social proof, yada, yada, yada. All right, you have a buyer. Now what? Not every buyer is good. You want to qualify that buyer. First way to qualify the buyer, proof of funds. Proof of funds. What is that? Bank statement with their name on it. Um, depending on the market you in, you're in, it could be a bank statement with a down payment and a pre-approval from a lender. I know we don't do too much of that in Southeast Detroit. There's some of that coming back, but I know there's places in Texas and other places where you can actually do 20% down purchase on, uh, investment property, uh, and you can do that. So that's, you want to make sure that they can get you the cash somehow They're using a private investor. The private investor will have a purchase, uh, have a proof of uh, funds, or you can talk to the private investor. What you wanna do is make sure they have the money first and foremost. You want to get an earnest money deposit and either you wanna hold it or you want your title company to hold it. By the way, that thing is non-refundable. Non-refundable. We deal with serious people. You can't decide, that's fine. Get the next one when you can decide. I don't hold it against anybody for not being able to decide. I know these are important decisions to make. I don't get mad at anybody for not wanting to do it when they're not sure. But I'm not holding it for you. And no, we're not signing. And no, you're not putting down an earnest money deposit. Obviously, like someone with Robert, I would not worry about. We've done business with him before. I know he wouldn't do it. But until you have that kind of relationship, get an earnest money deposit, all right? Questions I like to ask too when they make an offer. Have you seen the house? Have you driven the area? Especially since I do a lot of shit in Detroit, right? Have you driven by the house? Have you seen the area? Did you look through the 120 pictures? Did you see picture 97 with the waterfall coming out? Whatever it is, right? Are you aware of what you're looking at? I understand you may want to make a blind offer, and I'm okay with that. I'm not going to accept a blind offer. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? If it's vacant, Look at it first and make an offer. If it's vacant and you can look at it, no inspection clause. I don't care. Go do whatever it is you need to do. Do it fast because everybody's seeing it. Then make an offer. Not everything is vacant though, right? Some of it's going to be owner occupied and tenant occupied. This is where it gets a little tricky. Like someone like Robert, I would show. I wouldn't make him do all this because I know he's serious. He's very likely if he goes and takes a look at it to make an offer for everyone else I want a written offer before they go look at it. I won't accept an earnest money deposit just yet because I don't want to have to worry about refunding it. But I'm like, okay, I will take a short three, usually five days if I absolutely have to, inspection clause for you to go look at this thing. On the third day or the fifth day, is this go or no go? It's go? Okay, it's not a go until I have the earnest money deposit. And in the meantime, I may accept anybody else's as well, okay? Why do you want to do this? First of all, if it's owner-occupied, they went with you because they didn't want to show it to 20 people or 25 people or hire an agent, right? So you don't want to waste their time. You told them three to five times, so let's not be a liar if we can avoid it, right? Also, if it's tenant-occupied, you want them to keep paying. Tenants, when you start walking through six, seven, eight people, they start getting weird ideas. Maybe they stop paying. Now you're jamming up your seller because you can't do your damn job right. Do your job right, right? That's why they signed with you, to do the damn job. So do it. Disclosure. All this is a lot easier if they actually know what you're doing. Now, you can't just come out and tell everybody exactly what you're doing. Now that I'm suggesting you don't, they won't understand. So I have multiple ways of telling people the same thing, which means exactly the same thing for people to understand and I'm going to run a few by you. Um, uh, Hold on here. I'm sorry. This thing keeps moving around. Uh, Here we go. Proof of funds, disclosure, educate them before um, the offer on what to expect for the buyer and let them know not to count your money, right? We're doing an assignment. Mr. Buyer, I have this property under contract. I am assigning this property. I'm selling you this contract for a profit, right? How much are you willing to pay for the house? I want you to focus on this number because what I'm going to send you is an assignment, which is going to be the difference between the two. I want you to be happy at this number and I won't count your money and you won't count my money, right? All right, Mr. Buyer. I also tell my seller what I'm doing too, and I'll get to that as well. I want to know up front, what's an assignment? Okay, here it is, assignment. They agree to it. They've done their inspection, all that. I send them the assignment with the amount on it. Sign it, send it back. You can use something like HelloSign, or you can email it to them or whatever. Get their earnest money deposit, either yourself or to your title company. You got a deal. You're good to go. I want written correspondence, nothing verbal. Confirm in writing. Have them sign the contract, provide a copy of the purchase and sale agreement. Once they've signed the assignment and the earnest money deposit, send them the contract. It's their contract. That's what they just bought, right? Or they're going to buy. So full disclosure, send it to them, right? And yes, I'm going to go over some stuff. You have some bad buyers out there and all that. But um, now some people, I don't think there's anything wrong with this, by the way. Do you think it could be problematic for greedy investors to know how much you're making as a wholesaler? Yes, it could be problematic. I don't like how much you're making, even though I didn't do all the work, right? It happens. Plus, I don't get too shitty about it because everybody wants a good deal, right? Everybody wants a good deal. You want a good deal. They want a good deal. Don't take it personally. It could be problematic. So what you could do, is send them another purchase and sale agreement, which is identical to the one you sent to your seller, only this one says, you're signing this purchase and sale agreement now, but at the closing, you're going to sign an assignment. And the assignment price is going to be the difference between this purchase and sale agreement and the purchase and sale agreement I have with the seller. I'm a wholesaler. I'm selling you this contract. Sign here. That way they know. So they can't say, well, you know, it's an assignment. It's an assignment. Now, obviously, they're still going to know at closing how much you make because it's going to be on their side of the settlement statement or the HUD-1, right? So you can't hide it forever. But if you feel like I don't want them to know or you want to negotiate. Also, some title companies hate this. If you're going to do this, clear it with the title company first. Some people hate it, and they will make you – they're like, well, you have two purchase and sale agreements. I'm going to make you close your side, and they do the other side. If they don't know – they don't know. And two days before closing is not the time to spring an autumn. So get ahead of it. Get ahead of it. Say, hey, here's how I want to do it. Do you have a problem with this? Title company XYZ. Or no, use the assignment. Okay, at least I know now. Um, yeah, obviously, this method will, will uh, hide your profit at least until closing. You use HelloSign, other electronic services, whatever. Um, you or your title company should be holding the EMD, it should be non refundable. I do allow a few exceptions. If they can't get title insurance and a warranty deed, that's a problem, right? Now I'll allow for some time for me to try and fix it. But if I can't fix it, I'm not going to jam them up on their earnest money deposit. That's not their fault. They were going to perform. They get it back, right? That's not their fault. Or then this doesn't happen very often, but it used to happen in Detroit all the time. The house was in one condition when they put it under a contract. And it's in a different condition the day of closing. These things do happen, not very often, but if it does happen, I will immediately try and renegotiate and get more time, but if they ultimately decide they don't want it, that is not the buyer's fault. They were going to buy a property in a certain condition, it is not in that condition, even if I think it's asinine, I will then return the earnest money deposit, right? Otherwise, cry me a river, right, on your giant pillow at night when you go to sleep, Don't get in this business. You can't lose an earnest money deposit for being a dumbass, all right? Make it big enough to hurt $500, please, right? Make it big enough to hurt. I want serious people, needs to hurt. If it's a $200,000 house, it's gonna be at least 10 grand, unless I've worked with this person before. I'm not gonna jam Robert up for a few thousand dollar difference on an earnest money deposit, because I know he's gonna close, and he's gonna buy 10 more if I give it to him, right? But if you're new, and you don't know, and I don't know you, and you don't know me, we're going to do things a little differently because I don't want you thinking, huh, and I'll get to this at the end. Maybe I can jam them up for some money. Yeah, it's not too much to walk away from. I found something else better. I'm going to jam them up and get my earnest money deposit back. No, you're not. No, you are not, and it's going to hurt. If you want to walk away, it's going to leave a dent. Again, cry me a river. Remember you did all this work. You're trying to get paid. If you got to go back and look like an ass to the seller, come with money. I'm sorry, I need a contract extension, but good news. I got more money for you. Oh. Okay. I'm going to tell I got to at some point I'm going to get to that story. Um As soon as you have the assigned assignment or the purchase and sale agreement with the assignment clause, immediately send it to the title company. They may need LLC documents, they may need maybe they're buying in a trust, whatever whatever the documents they need. Maybe they, somebody's signing for somebody else, get ahead of it. Get ahead of the deal, right? Send it over to them right away. If there are going to be problems, you want to know about it as soon as possible, right? Take ownership of the closing. Nothing makes me angrier than people who just think they can, well, I sent three emails, why didn't it happen? Yeah, because that's not how humans work, right? When's the last time you did anything on three emails, right? Some of us maybe do sometimes. But just sometimes, right? We're, we're still primates. Take ownership, right? Go to the closing. If you can. Now, if you're bigger, you're doing lots of closings, send somebody else. At least have a representative there. Um, I realize it's not always possible, so I'm trying to set what I think would be the best thing to do. But to me, it's like dropping the ball in the one-yard line. Weird things happen at closing. Guess what? Title companies sometimes wait to the last second to do paperwork. Yeah, I know. It's a shocker, right? You're supposed to get it two days before closing and you don't. Welcome to the real world, right, where the metal meets the meat. I want to be there to review it. If they change anything, to look over one last time to make sure they're handing the correct paperwork to the correct person. I want to walk through with the closer beforehand so they understand if I have a real dickish seller or a real dickish buyer, I may want to close them separately in separate rooms. You know, if you're dealing with somebody who can't deal with anybody else and you want them to blow up the deal, you know this. Nobody else knows this. If you don't go, they're just going to toss them in the same room and what happens, happens. Maybe you don't get paid. Plus, customer service, right? All right. Take picture, social proof, always be closing. Here we go. Where the metal meets the meat. Seller and buyer bullshit. That's what I call this. Seller and buyer bullshit. Also known as liars and losers. Seller tries to back out. Let them know that you're going to close and they're just minutes away or hours away or a few days away from an all-cash paycheck. I will try and lead with sugar. You always get more of sugar, right? You always have the opportunity to get mean at the end, but a lot of people lead with mean. Maybe something happened. A lot of people don't know how to respond. They get nervous. Something bad happens at work. They saw something on 60 Minutes where people were getting screwed. They talked to their friend at church who's a dumbass, but they've known him for 20 years and, you know, whatever. We all know that one dumbass who thinks they know everything, right? I had an uncle who thought he knew everything. He was a dumbass, right? Loved him. Dumbass. Things happen. It's your job to fix it right? So try and lead with sugar. If you can, I've gone with, you know, I can't change my mind, Mr. And Mrs. Seller, right? I'm committed to this. How would you feel if I came to you? This doesn't usually work, but I try it. I try and appeal to whatever shred of honor they have left in their lives, right? Maybe they remember a time when they're a better human being. Be nice until you can't be, then stop being nice. I'm sorry you feel that way, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. I'd like to work something out with you, uh, but if we can't, I'm going to have to file a claim and in interest, which means you will not be able to sell this property on a warranty deed with title insurance, which will reduce the value of your property significantly. I don't want to do this, but I have money invested in this. I have time invested in this. Other people have money and time invested in this. That's more than just you, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. How can we fix this before I have to do something like this? Right, you can always get mean later. This stuff does happen. I had a renegade here. We were going to go look at a property in Oak Park. He had under contract for a good deal. Before I could even get into it, even though it was listed, and he had a signed purchase and sale agreement with the agent with an earnest money deposit, the seller changed their mind. Realtors upset. Both realtors are upset. These things happen. Didn't know what to do. Told them the same thing I'm telling you. Try this. If not, file the claim of interest. It will eventually come back. We've gotten paid on stuff from a year and a half ago. It will eventually come back if they want to sell it on a warranty deed with title insurance. Now, you're probably not going to make as much. You're going to take some paltry sum to remove it, but at least you'll get paid. And most importantly, these sons of bitches will know you can't lie, cheat, rob and steal and get away with it without paying a price. If you're in this business long enough, I try to make everybody who does that shit to pay a price. Everybody, everybody lets them do it for free. Get their picture too. Yeah. Get their picture. Same with the buyer. Get their picture. Tell everybody, you know, if it comes down to that. All right. Buyer tries to back out. Oh, also with the seller, you could, I don't recommend this, but you could sue first. It's called specific performance. If it's a multi million dollar deal, it may be worth doing, but on your average real estate deal, it's probably not. I mean, just to call a lawyer and have him show up to court, he's gonna ask for a two or three thousand dollar retainer. It's gonna take your time, his time. I've been through the court process. If you actually think it fixes anything, it doesn't. It's a great way to make money die. If you're a lawyer or a judge or work for him, you're really happy about this process. Um, if not, doesn't typically work out, okay? Now let's say the buyer. Oh, and maybe the seller says, I know how much you're making and I'm trying to screw you over for a little bit more money. Does this happen every now and then? Yeah. What do I think you should do? Negotiate. I'll only do it at the closing table. I'll only negotiate with a piece of shit seller at the closing table if they're trying to jam me up on money because I'm not having this talk if they're not signing. Fine. If I agree to this, are you going to sign right now? Because if not, I'm walking, and I'm filing a claim of interest. That I don't want to talk about something if we're not going to do it. So if you have to negotiate, and sometimes you do, because maybe you have a buyer, like I like Robert. I like him a lot. Maybe he's already lined everything up. Seller comes back trying to hit me for a couple grand. Do I really want to screw my relationship over with Robert and jam up his crew and everything else over two grand? I'm pissed. But I might just do it just so Robert is taken care of, right? But only if they're going to sign right there. Not a couple days before the closing so they can shake me down for a little bit more. Uh Uh-uh, Mr. Mrs. Seller. I'll negotiate this when you're ready to sign. Otherwise, I'm going to go file a claim of interest. And I'll get a call from the title company in a few months when you decide you want to sell again. And I'll be asking for more, right? All right. Buyer tries to back out. This happens all the time. All right. Unfortunately, remind the buyer that the, if you're doing it right, has a sizable EMD that is non-refundable. Hey, I don't know what's going on. Uh, maybe we can work something out. Um, I don't want to be that guy, but you, it is non-refundable earnest money deposit. So let's see if we can't work this out, Mr. Buyer, right? Remember, you could always be mean later. You always talk shit about him later. You could always trash them on social media later. You have a seller too. And a lot of times these sellers must sell. So if you can at all possible, park your ego here. You can blow up later. Like I like come back in and wait. If you don't know the thing, 930 at night, that's when I let all go. Gina, this motherfucker, right? I let all go then. Until then, I'm all cupcakes, candy, and all that shit, right? That's what you're getting paid for. You're getting paid to get the deal done. Postpone your ego trip till later if possible. All right. See if you can't figure out why. Maybe they need more time. A lot of times, if they're a first-time or second-time buyer, they get scared or spooked. Again, same thing that could happen to the seller. They go to church. They talk to some idiot. Good friend. Great person, I'm sure, but idiot. Don't know anything about real estate. Talk to them if you can. And ultimately, keep the EMD. If they don't have a good reason, keep the earnest money deposit. Despite what you say, ain't nothing free in this world. And if you think your time's free, I'm pretty sure I know how many zeros are in your bank account, right? Because these people like to find people like you and suck you dry like the parasites they are. Hit them for their earnest money deposit, right? I've lost tens of thousands of dollars in earnest money deposit and did bitch about it once, okay? If you got to do something and something falls apart, take that shit like a man or a woman too, okay? All right. Seller tries to hit you for more money at closing. Same thing. I went over some of this before negotiate, get the deal done. If you have to file a claim. Um, so here's a good story, right? So I had this property in Redford under contract, difficult sellers, kind of a shit house under contract for too high of a price. I made a mistake. We listed on the MLS. We got an offer. It was an okay offer. We're only going to clear like two grand. Plus, I had to call the seller and get a price reduction, right? So you're talking about the absolute worst possible scenario possible. So I called seller. Mr. Seller, I'm sorry I screwed up. I lead with that, by the way. I'm sorry I screwed up. We're not going to be able to close unless I can get a $2,000 price reduction. I understand completely if you want to pull out of this deal. It's my fault. I overestimated what I thought I can get done. It needs more work than I thought it did, and my private investor won't give me the money. However, I have an offer, $2,000 less, and we can close at the same time if you'd like. I understand if you don't. He agrees to it, right? We go to closing three days later. The buyer and their agent decide to walk out in the middle of the closing. turns into a screaming match um, between Steve and the buyer and the title company. I'm talking a screaming match. I'm sitting in there. With the seller, signing paperwork, screaming and throwing shit on the way out. The seller then looks at me and just lets me have it. I'm talking like for five minutes. Everything. You motherfucker. You take me a price range. You drag my ass in here. I take fucking time off work. You miserable lying son of everything. Under this, and rightfully so, right? Here we are. You're supposed to be buying my house. We're coming up at the end of the contract. You call and get a price reduction. I take time off work and I come in. He was very rightfully upset, I would say, right? I just took the whole thing. I literally took the whole thing. I'm sorry. Everybody calms down 10 minutes later. I'm like, well, let's just keep signing. This has nothing to do with you. I apologize. This is our investor. Whatever the problem is, it's not you. I leave. I go talk. It's not going to happen. I'm like, well, great. I got to go back in this room, right? I mean, I like daggers in my back, right? These people hate my guts, I walk back in because I took it on the chin. That's what she said, right? Because I took it on the chin. They apologized. They literally apologized. I say, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. I realized that probably wasn't your fault. I'm like, you know, I understand. I know you took time out and this is just a bad situation. Um, always be closing. though. always be closing. I'm like, well, Mr. Seller, what do you want to do? I understand completely if you want to walk away right now and that's fine but I would like the opportunity to make this right. What do you think, Mr. and Ms. Seller? Guess what they did? Said, okay, did it again. We found new buyers. We got them in. We got it closed. We got everything taken care of because I didn't lose my mind, because I didn't yell at them, because I kept trying to focus on the deal. We got paid more. We got the deal done. They were happy. They don't always work out like this, but this is kind of a worst case scenario. Buyer was trying to jink us for more money. We weren't having it because there wasn't any more money to give. We would have given money if we could have. There was no more money to give. We weren't going to do it for free. We weren't going to make the title company do it for free. Everybody was going to get paid one way or another. We managed to get it done, right? These things happen. That being said, I've done the other thing too. I have had to negotiate. You get the buyer who jinx you up at closing. Most of the time, I won't take that crap. The earnest money deposit is non-refundable. Sometimes though, how, you're gonna like let's say we got a few right now. We had to do this. We could potentially have to do this with. I don't think it'll happen, but if they're gonna go to foreclosure or tax auction or something like that, try and think more than just yourself and your paycheck. I know I just told you to focus on your paycheck, but sometimes you do have to focus on the seller and or the buyer, right? If the seller is gonna lose the house and there's no more time to get the deal done, or you don't think you can get the deal done. I will one time make the deal with the buyer. I'll get a picture of the buyer. I will then trash the buyer every opportunity I get forever for being a miserable lying piece of shit, but I will get the deal done there even for less money. And I think you should too. If it's that particular set of circumstances where you can't do what you said you're going to do to the seller. Okay. With the seller. If you have time, get time. If you need more time, ask the seller. A lot of times I'll ask I'm like, hey. My investor's trying to pull out. trying to jam me up for more money. It might mean I have to pay you less money. What do you want me to do? Ask, right? Uh, Tell everybody that they do business that way too, by the way. All right, transparency. Here we go. I'm wrapping it up. We're going to go to questions. Transparency. Tell people what you're doing. Don't let any of this be a surprise. Surprises are bad Surprises are bad. I don't like a surprise birthday party. It's okay. Like, I won the lottery. That's okay. But that's about it. Otherwise, people don't like to be surprised. I don't like being surprised. Tell them what you're doing. Hey, I'm a real estate investor. I'm looking to wholesale this deal. I even go so far as to tell us if I'll get to that point. Sorry, I don't want to get too far ahead. Surprises kill deals, especially if there are complications. One little thing goes wrong and all of a sudden you got to explain to them what you're really doing. And that's the opportunity you take to tell them if you're an agent, at least in the state of Michigan, disclose that you're an agent preferably in writing on the purchase and sale agreement. You never know if that's going to come back to haunt you. People don't trust. And sometimes they fear what they don't know. So demystify this shit for them. Okay. Explain it in different ways. Here's what I was talking about earlier. I have different ways of explaining that I'm a wholesaler selling a contract. Why do I have a different ways? Because we have different levels of investors, different levels of sellers, different levels of sophistication. Quite frankly, not everybody's as smart or as knowledgeable as the next person. I don't blame anybody for this. If you came and started talking to me about software, talk to me like I'm an eight-year-old. That's how you're going to get to me, right? I don't take it personally. I just don't know anything about coding or software. That's the example I'm going to give, right? So I have different ways of saying it. I have I have many partners. They are the ones who are actually closing, and I get paid for finding the deal. They might say, how's that different from a real estate agent? Well, because they they still pay cash. They close fast, and you won't have to wait around. It's just I find it for them. That's my job. That's what I do. That's what they pay me to do. Mr. and Miss Seller, you don't pay me. They pay me. You're going to get your price. They're going to pay me for doing it. Are you okay with that? That's what the assignment of contract means. Sometimes I will say, I don't necessarily know which investor is going to close this deal. I work with lots of investors. Some do, some don't. Everybody has different way of doing it, and I don't necessarily know what company they're going to close in. They don't always use the same company, so it has to be assignable. It's not me buying it. They're buying it, and they're paying me. Yada, yada, you get the idea, right? My boss doesn't always know which company they're buying in. We have many partners. Banks don't lend to investors like us. We use personal network of businessmen and women that are serious, that privately fund these deals. For the ultra sophisticated, I just tell them we had a lady who was a real estate agent. Her Unfortunately, her husband died. She doesn't want rental property. It was an East Point property. If you guys remember, you saw it on 313cashdeals.com. I just told her, I was like, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to sell this property for a profit. I'm trying to make 8,000. I think we made five, four or five or something like that, right? And that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying. This is the profit I'm trying to make. This is the difference between the two. Why? She's sophisticated. She knows. I can just tell her, yeah, that's how I'm going to do it. We're going to sell a contract. I'm going to try and make. I think we're trying to make eight grand. We didn't. But I told her, that's what I'm trying to make. That's how we get paid. That's how we send out these postcards. That's how we make these phone calls. That's how we feed our family. Or if you guys ever saw Total Recall, remember that taxi driver? I got five kids to feed. I'll use that line too because Steve actually has five kids. I go, my boss has five kids to feed. Let them know that's a job, right? It's not something free. I'm not doing this for a tip, two bucks at Starbucks or something like that, right? For the ultra sophisticated, I recommend just going straight at them. Don't dance around it. What I'm trying to convey here, though, is a level of transparency, which will kill some deals, but will lead to more deals closed, I believe, because complications happen. If people actually know what you're doing, things get a lot easier. They just do. If you can think of better ways to explain it to them, by all means, do. Just try and get the point across that it's not actually you. You're getting paid by the investors to bring them the deal. They're not paying. The investors are paying, but don't worry, it's going to close. That's why we have the assignment of contract, right? And what if you can't get an assignment of contract? Then you can't get an assignment of contract. See if you can't double close it. What does double close mean? find somebody to do transactional funding that'll close your side of the purchase and sale agreement. And then immediately two minutes later close with the buyer side, right? It's called transactional funding. If you're not a complete ass clown and you have people know you, it's not too hard to do. Usually it's a couple points to do this. They're going to want to see, they're only going to send the money to title company. They're going to want to see the purchase and sale agreement with your buyer. They're going to see the earnest money deposit. They're going to want to talk to the title company. They might make you sign something and hold a mortgage and, a personal guarantee or whatever, an escrow, yada, yada. If you absolutely can't get the assignment in the contract, there are ways around it, and I'll let that hold me back. You might not need to lower your price a little bit because you're going to eat two sets. You're going to eat additional set of closing costs plus whatever you have to pay for transactional funding if you don't have the money to do it yourself, okay? I'm selling this contract for a profit. This is a for-profit enterprise. It's how I take care of my family. Sign right here, Mr. Seller. Tell people you're making money. It's your job. You have a job, right? Well, yeah. This is mine. Son right here. It's easy. It's explainable. It's direct. You don't need to beat around the bush. Most people don't have... If you say it's a job and this is how you get paid, most people aren't going to have a problem with it, especially if you've been honest and professional during the entire process, all right? Also, and this is something that not everybody does, I like to tell them, especially if they're old, man, I do not want to end up on the news taking advantage of an old lady. You know, these people don't know anything, right? They barely bought their own house. Most people couldn't buy a fucking house without a real estate agent walking them through the whole process. Do you want to show up on the news having made some old lady a very fair all cash offer And God forbid you made more than $1,500 in this current environment, right? You miserable, rotten, profit-seeking investor. How do I get around this? Because I worry about this. Tell people they can do better. I'm like, you know, you you can usually do better if you go with a real estate agent and you list it and you have time. You can almost always do better. What we're good at is fast and cash, but it does mean you're going to have to take a discount. Because that's how we feed our family, and that's how we make our profit and our business. Are you still interested in hearing an offer, Mr. and Mrs. Seller? Yeah, I wasn't really excited about going with an agent. Okay, I understand. I just wanted you to know that you can do better. Note it. Plus, why shouldn't you tell them they can do better? I'm not trying to talk anybody out of a deal. I'm really not trying to end up on the news, okay? Do the right thing. I'm your fast, ugly house cash guy for this house, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, and I'm looking to make a profit as much as I can. Sign right here. There you go. All right. I went a little over. Sorry, I should talk faster. I am now, if you're interested and you have questions, you see this mic up here? I currently have it on mute. If you have any questions now would be the time. And I would really appreciate if you did have a question, if you come up to the mic and ask it because people could be listening at home and they might have the same question you have. So any questions, come on up. Go in once. That's quite crowded. Here we go. Thank you. Say who you are too. And if you like shamelessly self-promote, right, you might be looking for something. So, uh, my name is Dominic Cutione. I am um, a real estate investor with Silver Moon Investments. And my question for you is what is your 80 20 on the best method for finding sellers? Best method. Um, I'm a huge fan of direct mail. I realize it takes money. But if you have more money than you have time, which I suspect is at least somewhat true with you. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing cold calls. I do a shit ton of them every day, but it's really low. Like I might make 500 phone calls and get nothing or I might get one or I might get three. But if I get what I call warm leads, which are pre-qualified, um, they can come through direct mail. I like direct response cause I can measure it. Um, it only takes me 25 to get to a deal. Okay. So now it might cost me like 250 to 300 bucks by the time I get the deal but i'm trading that 250 300 bucks in direct mail marketing or whatever it is 500 bucks or 1000 bucks for the hours i would have to cold call to get that same one right so um that's my i like i would much rather if i had unlimited funds i would much rather deal with only what i call warm leads warm prospects do you ever like direct email or yeah Sorry. we email all the time okay yeah, okay so everybody who calls in Get their email address if, they, if you don't already have it. So there's nothing wrong. This is why I like uh, and I, why I'm learning as an agent, which is really awesome. What agents are good at is a later business. They kind of suck at the now business. And that's what investors are really good at. Investors are really good at the now business. They hop all over it. And then they immediately forget about it. If you have some sort of CRM or AWeber or Infusionsoft, everybody that you talk to, maybe you couldn't get to the bottom line at that particular point in time. There should be an auto, automated email follow-up campaign where you're touching them at least once a month. And it could be something as simple as, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, it's been 30 days since we last talked, and I know we couldn't come to a deal, but do you still have that property, or maybe you're still interested in selling it? I'd like to talk to you if you are. There you go. You could also, by the way, we keep sending them uh, – if they say no, they still keep getting postcards. Until they say, take me off the list – or we buy the house, and a lot of times, even if we buy the house, we still keep mailing them because they have multiple houses. So, never stop. Always be closing, sir. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, we have somebody else. That was a good question, too, by the way. And let her let the world know who you are.
1: My name is Colleen Parsons with JCN Property Solutions. Um, <clears throat> when you do get a uh, like an elderly Cubs. Uh client, since you're an agent, do you then say I could you know take care of this for you from a retail standpoint or
0: that's an excellent question. So the question is if I can't get them to accept the discount, will I then try and get them to list the property? Absolutely. I will say how I do it though I won't handle. If if I direct mail them and I talk to them and I'm trying to buy it at a discount, I won't then list it for them, but I will refer it to somebody on my team, who can then work the lead, and I'll get paid a referral fee. It won't be as much, but then I don't feel like they're uh, maybe I'm being too weird about it, but I think there's a conflict of interest because I'm if I'm definitely trying to get a discount on the property. I don't, then don't want to turn around and immediately try and get listed, especially if they're elderly or maybe not as smart as some people. I better just to put arms length, get, uh, obviously refer to somebody you know who can close and will follow and be relentless, but I don't let the money go though, for sure. Right. You've got all that work in to get them the call. Right. Some of them are going to sign Joe's signing one tomorrow that we sent him. So excellent question too. Thank you, by the way. Anybody else? Any questions about wholesaling? Going once. All right, come on up. Good. Haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you. You as well. Yeah. Let the world know you are too.
1: Yes, my name is Crystal Broadnecks. I am the CEO of Broadnecks Property Solutions. There you go. Yes, I am. Um, I am currently marketing in the Detroit area and I'm looking for hot zip codes for buyers. What's a good way of finding? I have a couple of properties under contract that I'm trying to liquidate as well.
0: Okay. um, Hot. What do you mean by hot? Meaning like what I like or what sells fast?
1: What sells fast?
0: Well, brick, three-bedroom, basement, good neighborhoods, which are primarily um, 48219 parts of, Mm. almost all of 48221 most of 48235, uh-huh. these are all Northwest Detroit zip codes. Okay. Parts of 48223, mm-hmm. parts of 48227. On the east side, and I'm talking just right now, single family homes, mm-hmm. your average mom and pop, they buy in a house, rent it for $8.50 $8. a month, right? I'm not talking the super nice neighborhoods. I'm sure you already know what those are. Mm-hmm. Parts of 48224. And that little part of 48205 right up in the corner of Detroit, right across from the Home Depot, surprisingly yes. good area. Huh. There's like seven or eight square blocks in there that are really just tight, and you can still get in 20 to 30. Really nice. Rent 8, 850, sometimes cheaper. Unfortunately, stay really tight in that area. Otherwise, it gets bad fast. The further you move west and south, It like, mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Bottoms off, but there's that good little section in there. Those are the areas that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I will do deals in other areas, but obviously the price drops really low, and you're dealing with a completely different kind of investor, too. I see, so, I see. what are the deals you have?
1: Oh, uh, well, I do you have, have addresses. Yes,
0: yeah, go ahead. If I, you ask a question, I'll let you shamelessly self promote.
1: I have a 4858 Tireman, that's uh, Detroit, Michigan, 48204. Okay, it's a three bedroom. It's not brick so it's frame frame basement frame. yes it does have a basement okay um minor work uh, the plumbing and the furnace as usual but oh uh, yeah he walked away <laughs> yeah they kind of walked that away. happens yes and i also have one on the east side uh 5903 wayburn it's a four bedroom brick
0: okay and how would they reach you if they're interested
1: uh, they can reach me at Broadnex Property Solutions. Uh, first name, uh, I'm sorry, uh, last name Broadnex. B-R-O-A-D is in dog. N is an N-C-A. X is an X-ray. Property Solutions at Gmail dot com. There you go. Uh, or you can always reach me at two four eight four nine nine four four zero three.
0: There you go. Thank you. That's how you do it. And I'm sure you'll send them all the information they need, right? Yes. All right. Thank you. All right. Any other wholesale questions? Any wholesale questions? Going once. Any wholesale questions? Going twice. I don't mind. All right. Done. I really appreciate everybody coming out tonight. Thank you very much. I, without you guys, I wouldn't have done this. You know, I would have just procrastinated and waited and sat at home and never done it. So, um, I really do appreciate you guys coming out. It did help me motivate me to actually do it. And I do appreciate that. And if you enjoy and find this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. Give it a like. And if you wouldn't mind, if you do enjoy it, rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever app you're listening to. Uh, it's a free podcast, and I and I personally I really do appreciate it. So, um, if you're interested in attending the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash Renegade Detroit Investors, or Facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment. Club. You can hit me up on Twitter at Jeremy Burgess. Um, you can go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit wholesalers. And as I wrap this up, part five of a six part series on wholesaling. If you're just coming into this one, go back and listen to the other four. I think it will be useful. I think it's less than four hours, it might be four hours and 15 minutes. It's free. I don't charge anything. If you get a deal, what am I doing right now? I'm selling. I'm selling, folks. That's all I'm selling. I'm, this is the bunch of jabs. Jabs have been jabbing you for the last hour. If you got a deal and you don't know what to do with it, give me a call. 313-600-2133. Send me an email. Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, at com. Um, you have a question, too? I don't mind. If you, it's just a regular question, sometimes it does take me 48, maybe 72 hours to get back to you. It's not personal. If I don't respond in two or three days, hit me again. That means I I would much rather be embarrassed that I forgot to follow up with you than miss following up with you, right? What am I looking for? Deals in Southeast Michigan. That's what I'm looking for. And if I can help you get that deal done and we can both make money, I would greatly appreciate it. And as I wrap up this podcast, I do want to take a moment to encourage you to take the steps you need to become financially independent. I know. Do it every week. There are distractions, mistakes, poisonous people, bad habits. Maybe you even suck right now and you need to stop sucking, right? Whatever it is, pick some goals. Stick with it. Don't give up. Do something every day that gets you closer, even if it's one step. And I want to thank you for coming out tonight and thank you for listening. I know you can be doing lots of other things tonight, probably a lot more entertaining than this. I appreciate your attention. And until the next podcast, crush it.